If you are a Christian coach, speaker, or influencer, this is the right place. You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for biblical encouragement, spirit-led wisdom, and practical ideas as you answer God's calling to increase your authority by becoming an author. I'm Nika Maples, and I can help you write your next book so that you can take your business to the next level while advancing the kingdom and transforming people in Jesus' name. Welcome, anointed and appointed writer. Today I have with me a glorious, glorious member of the anointed writers community. She's one of my clients who first came into my world through purchasing the Keep Writing course, and she has gained so much momentum moving forward that I had to have her on the podcast today. Please welcome Holly Compton. Thank you. I'm so excited to share my journey. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself then. I live in Houston, Texas. I moved here with my family in uh, December 21. Before that, we were in Atlanta for about 20 years. And I have three kids. They're two girls ages 11 and 13, and my son just turned eight. And uh, my husband and I run a nonprofit, actually. It's called Amoreal Ministries. Do missions all over the world be able to have a home for abused women and children in Lima, Peru. And so our lives are filled with mission trips all the time. My husband has actually been away for three weeks straight doing various things around the world. And uh, that's kind of our life. <laughs> wow. We're either one, one or both of us will be gone. The Lord always takes care of us and puts people in our path to bless us and bless our children. Wow. You have a lot going on. So when did you decide to write a book? Actually, I have been a writer since second grade, um, and I I had no idea and did not plan on majoring in English in college, but I did. But mostly I wrote poetry, and that was what I spent most of my time on in college. And then I stopped writing. Uh, I journaled here and there, but I did not do much with it. When I got married, I had a dream one night and woke up with a title for a book. I was excited about that because I hadn't done any writing and I thought, well, maybe this is the time. I'm telling you, I tried to write that book year after year. Like I would write a chapter, maybe a chapter and got nowhere. So finally, like I said, we moved to Texas in December of 21 and in January of 22, I found your course. Wow. Just found it on the internet. Just, just found it. I think on Facebook, like an ad on Facebook, maybe. Oh, yeah. I had some Facebook ads running at that time. It's so amazing how, I mean, I know technology is a technology, but God really uses it a lot of times. And right when you are praying for help, and here it comes, an answer that seems like a good one for you. That's amazing. Okay. So you purchased the Keep Writing course. At the time, it was not an ongoing membership like it is now. Anointed writers, right. for anyone who's listening, is my ongoing membership that somebody comes in, they take the Keep Writing course, and then they can continue getting this support and coaching that they need every week and grow in the community. Uh, but at the time, you were just taking the course. So mm -hmm. did you start applying it right away? How did you feel? The course helped me to identify my reader and then to make the outline of the book. And as soon as I made the outline, I was so excited about writing. I couldn't wait to finish the course. I was going to sit down and write. 
And I'm telling you, just having that outline, that was like that was a game changer because I was able to apply scripture to each area of that outline. And once I did that, and then I connected my personal stories and other stories with each chapter, um, it wrote itself and it took me six weeks. That's what I remember. I remember when you joined in the course and I saw your name having joined and then, and I'll say you were finished. And I was like, wait, wait, what? I have had a couple of people go that fast, but it's rare. And so I was so excited to see that you had finished it in six weeks. How do you think that happened for you? What did you do that made the speed possible? It wasn't planned that way, but the momentum came. I would sit down in my my chair. I had a corner. I didn't have an office. I just had a corner in my bedroom and a chair. And I sat down with my laptop and I would start to write. And I have, like I said, I have three kids. And especially when my husband was traveling, it was just free for all. But there was some kind of anointing, I'm telling you, like some kind of just beautiful anointing on that time that I felt like the Lord just poured out his spirit on me and I could focus. Now, I usually have ADHD. I was never diagnosed, but I am absolutely certain that that is me to the core. But in those six weeks, God gave me such a focus. I could write whether there was a TV going on behind me or there was screaming and yelling going on all around me. I mean, whatever was happening, the Lord just gave me that focus. And It hasn't happened since. I mean, I have continued to write and in various ways, and I'm praying, you know, of course, for the Lord to tell me when it's time to write book number two, because I already have that in motion. For now, I'm I'm concentrating on other kinds of writing. That was really what happened. There's no other way to explain it. It was all God. Isn't that amazing? I know exactly what you're talking about, that that sense of his presence, that anointing, and it just flows. It doesn't even matter what's going on around you. You're in the zone. I traveled twice, actually, during those six weeks. We had spring break in between there, and I took the computer, and I was like, I can't stop. I'm sorry. And that I also have to, I have to brag on my husband because he was very, very instrumental in giving me the opportunity and the time, even early in the morning, late at night, every time that I sat down, he helped protect that time as much as he could. That's great. Yeah. You know, I always tell people there's only three steps to writing a book. It's create a detailed outline, schedule writing time, and write during writing time. Mm -hmm. And you are proof that it only takes three steps. There's something that happens when you create that detailed outline. And people resist it. People don't want to do it. They don't want to create an outline. The thing is, I don't teach outlining in the same way that people may have learned in high school. And I was a high school teacher, so I'm not knocking high school English teachers. But it becomes busy work to a student when they're like, why am I creating an outline? I just want to write. Once you create that outline, you get to plug in all the scriptures you want to use. You get to plug in the parts of your stories you want to tell. It all starts flowing together yeah. and write faster because you have a, a detailed outline. I am absolutely proof that the methodology that you lay out in the Keep Writing course works. And I plan when I go to book two, I'm going to start the Keep Writing course again. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go through module after module and follow the instructions and just do it the same exact way. That's smart. Yep. If a method works, we just go back to it and start it and do it the same exact way again. That's excellent. 
So what is your book about? Uh, well, the working title now, it's been through about 600 changes, is Craving Something More, 31 Choices to Finding True Fulfillment in Jesus. And it is for the new or young believer, which often is young adults, but not always. When I created my person in in the keep writing course, it was a young woman in between the ages of 20 and 35. Narrowed down my reader to being somebody who is learning the faith for the first time. And that comes from my missionary heart. Having spent 30 years on the mission field since I was 14 years old, I have longed to write a resource or just give these new and young believers a resource after I leave. I want them to have something for discipleship. And that's where my heart is. My husband and I are actually on the verge of starting a youth group at our church. And uh, and that's just one of those steps that, you know, the Lord is leading me to take to just expand my territory. I mean, that's what I've been praying for. I just pray daily that he would do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine and bless me and expand my territory. So you said it was 31 ways. Mm-hmm. So is it written like a devotional? It is not, but it's possible. It does have challenging questions at the end and prayer at the end of every chapter. So it certainly could be read in a month if that is the way somebody reads it, but it doesn't have to be. So are there 31 chapters? Yes. So that led to a really clear and crisp outline, didn't it? Because you decided 31 chapters and then you just filled in what you needed from there. Yep. That was the beginning of my journey. That was just the beginning. Yeah. Those six weeks were, you know, life changing and altering, but so much happened after that. Okay. So take us on the ride. Tell us more. For a while, I couldn't, I was trying to decide between self-publishing and traditional publishing. So for about a month, I looked at and started vetting all these self-publishers and comparing, you know, what benefits each one had and how much they cost. But I have an aunt who is traditionally published and I called her up and I said, I'm just not sure which way to go. And she said, you know, self-publishing is always there. You can always go back to it, but I believe in you. And I think that you should try traditional publishing. I said, you know what? You're right. Let's give it a year and see, see what happens. So I started learning all the other things. And actually, you helped me with that too, book proposals. I took your outline and I created a book proposal and it went through many revisions. You mean the book proposal template that I included with the writing course? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just followed your instructions for that as well and started looking at other things online that had to do with querying and how to write a great query letter things like that. And then doing all the other things, that's a whole nother story. But there's just so much more that I never would have thought, especially in in the technology age that we have, that we have to have a social media following and we have to have this and that. And it's been quite the year and a half of trying to do that. But one thing that I spent, I think that was about six months working on the book proposal to begin with, the very first version of it. So I went to a writing conference and I met with one editor at IVP, InterVarsity Press, and he took it and I had the guts to approach a literary agent in the hallway and she took it and they were both very impressed and had 
great feedback. So I went back right away and started applying the feedback. And then I sent them both the revision. Eventually got more feedback. But that time it took about four months. Okay. Now, and in that time, I prayed and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I had prepared query letters and I had been getting ready to query agents. And the Lord just said, query one agent, one specific agent. Now, okay, so the representative, the editor from InterVarsity Press and the agent that you met in the hallway, they had nothing to do with one another. Did they? No. No. Okay. So you just gave them the hard copies of the book proposal that you had. They gave you some feedback on the spot. You applied it and you sent the revision. Then feedback was a long time coming. It was four months. But God gave you a different agent than the one in the hallway. Told yeah. you a different agent. Okay. Um, I'm curious about that. Was it somebody that you had queried before? Was it somebody who you just had seen their name around? Um yeah, I had been doing lots of research about the different Christian literary agencies. And I felt like God just wanted me to query one, um, a pretty well-known agency, the the actual founder of that agency. And so I sent my original book proposal to him. Okay. Then I waited. I just assumed that it was a no. Because I didn't hear anything for a long time. Right. And uh, some, some websites say, if you haven't heard from us in eight weeks, it's a no. It hadn't been that long when I heard from the second agent, the one that I actually queried that I didn't meet. And they said no. And I said, okay. Then I heard from the other agent. She said, I'm sorry, I've been meeting you're on a stick of people to get back to. And I wanted to see if you had moved forward with any other agents. And I said, no, not yet. So we started emailing back and forth and talking, just establishing a relationship, which I was kind of surprised about because she also is a well-known agent. And I was kind of excited that she wanted to converse with me this way. And then I heard back from the IVP editor, and while he said no, he said something amazing. He said, your writing is edifying and engaging. That was so good for my soul because I didn't feel like it was time to give up. It had been a year by the time I heard this feedback, but I felt the Lord was saying, don't give up. And so I then started working with a writing coach that I had met at the writing conference and she helped me to revise the book proposal even more. And actually, during that time, I happened to see my aunt, which I hadn't seen her in about four or five years. And she looked at the book proposal and also made lots of notes and edits. And then I felt like May 1st, that was going to be the day that I sent the revision to the first agent that I met. Well, when that day came, the Lord also said to send it to one other agent that I had just learned about that week. And her name is Megan Brown. And she was a brand new agent at the agency of the second agent I queried. So I was I was going to follow up and ask about that. So when the Lord said, this is not the agent from the hallway, 
But when you went home and the Lord said, query one agent, you did. But then eventually the answer was no there. Mm -hmm. And you heard back from the agent in the hallway. You started building a relationship. But as soon as you were able to send the revised book proposal to the agent from the hallway, the Lord said, also send it to Megan Brown, who happens to be from the same agency as the one that God told you to query. That's fascinating. I'm so into this. Okay, keep going. And I had learned about her, just I had gotten on some email lists, the ECPA. Okay, so I had seen her. ECPA, for anyone who's listening, is the Evangelical Christian Publishers Association. So it's a it's an important group for a lot of reasons, but you had seen her in information from them. Yes. So I knew that she was a brand new agent, but that she has a heart of a missionary. And so when I read her bio and I connected with it instantly, in the subject line of the email where I sent her my proposal, I put from the heart of a missionary. The original agent that I met in the hallway eventually said no. But the day after I sent Megan my proposal, she called me. And she said, as soon as I saw your proposal, I knew, I knew that you were going to be my first client. That's amazing. And so here's the interesting thing. Megan realized that I don't have a huge social media following yet. I don't have an enormous online platform, but I have 30 years in missions and many, many organizations that we have worked with over the years. In my book proposal, the Lord had me write down all of these organizations and their willingness to consider my book as a resource for them on the mission field. She took my book proposal to the man that I queried. The second agent. Go ahead. I'm, I'm following closely. He knew my name because I had queried him. Which God had told you to do. Yes. And for a moment, it looked like there was no fruit. Right. It almost made me say, well, whatever happened with that? Because he said no. And then God did have a reason for it. He knew your name. Oh, keep going. I know the Lord was just all over it because I didn't query any other agents, just Megan's boss and Megan. Oh, what a lesson. What looked like a closed door was not a closed door. Nope. So I need to know, where was your mindset with that? When God said, contact this person, query this agent, and then when he said no, where was your mindset with that? Were you questioning God? What were you thinking? I had some feedback while I was on the mission field. I was actually in Kenya for three weeks. And I I think that was when I got the no from InterVarsity Press. But he said my writing was engaging and edifying. Yes, yes. And even though he said that, which was extremely encouraging, I, I had to cry. I think I just cry and just say, Lord, this is in your hands. There's nothing I can do with it except to obey and do what you tell me to do. So I put myself out there and, and I know that it's in your hands. It's always been in your hands for almost 20 years. It's been coming. And so I, I'm just going to trust you. And even though this, the rejection hurts, it's going to hurt because you actually talked about it this morning in the anointed writers group. 
So of course it's going to hurt a little bit, but I'm going to trust God. And I really decided to take one day at a time and to believe that the right door would open at the right time. Yeah. And I specifically said May 1st is going to be the day that I send my third version of my book proposal out. And I found out about Megan four days before that. What a story. And I'm so glad you included that little snippet, that little quote from our anointed writers meeting this morning. Just for anyone listening, the anointed writers membership, we meet once a week for a coaching call. And I kind of talked on top of you just then. So I want to make sure they heard what you said. But the yeah, the fact that the rejection hurt you was because you care. And that's fine. Like we want to care enough. If we want if we didn't care, we wouldn't be hurt. Do it. I mean, rejection, but you also the book would not be good. <laughs> so you are willing to feel your feelings and feel the rejection. It's fine. No problem, right? So do you mind telling us what is the name of the conference that you went to? Uh it was a Hope Writers Conference. Okay. Yeah. Hope Writers Conference, because there are so many good, good conferences. And I just encourage anyone listening, there's no magic conference to go to. I actually had no idea what Holly was about to say. I was just saying which conference was it. She could have said any conference because it does something in you. When you put yourself into a room with other writers, it does something in you. When you say, I'm going to go after this, I'm going to be uncomfortable for me, the breakthrough conference for me that made me really say, like, I'm doing this. Nothing breakthrough happened at the conference. It was breakthrough inside of me. So there is no magic conference, but putting yourself out there, made that made the shift for you, Holly. That made the shift. That puts you into contact with two people. And neither one of those people ended up being one that you were going to work with. She ended up reaching out and, and working with two other people that came as a result of the momentum she created by buying a ticket and going to a conference. I love it. So what agency is Megan Brown with? The Steve Lobby Agency. Oh, okay. Yes. And so first queried Steve Lobby. I did. Oh, okay. Which I wasn't really excited about doing at first because... He was like my A-list query agent, and I had an A-B-C list. I was going to start with the C's. Let's just start with the top tier, Holly. Okay, so tell us what's been happening since May. Well, so she, Megan and I are working on my strategy, building my social media following. She actually was part of doing the Speak Up conference that just took place last month. I couldn't go because my son had surgery, so... I just did a virtual ticket. And so I'm still learning the craft, learning the business, building up momentum with my platform. That was another thing that I did with you, the platform challenge, which was wonderful. So there's so much to learn. And I'm just a hungry author. But also the Lord said, now is the time for me to go back to school. Uh So I am starting next week my master's of ministry. Wow. Victory coming and going, is it? Yeah. In the meantime, I am using the Logos Bible software, which I highly recommend. 
as far as, you know, learning and studying the Bible. And I am so excited about the courses that I'm going to be taking, where I'm going to be able to apply and, you know, just learn so much more. And I know that the Lord has some great plans for me and and I'm super excited, whatever it ends up being. I just have to be obedient one step at a time. And my book is really about surrender and obedience. Yeah. And those two things are really where I kind of build my platform because I feel that we can't walk in God's blessings and favor without trusting him. And trust starts with surrender, even surrendering your future to a God that is trustworthy and then doing what he says. We have to actually follow through. And it's interesting. Um, I've, I never used to do the, you know, word of the year kind of thing. I've never, I had never done that a couple of years ago. And the little word said, uh, renew was my word for 2021. Mm-hmm. It was the very first time I'd had a word. And I didn't realize God was going to renew everything. So when I say everything, I mean, I changed states. I changed, I mean, everything. Like we we moved and my whole life was renewed. But he he said along the way during that year that I had to surrender first in order for him to renew everything. And then that second year, that year that I wrote the book, he said, just surrender. This is surrender is is 2022. And now 2023, he said, it's surrender and obey. You got to take the next step. And it made perfect sense because that's what my book is about. But I realized that taking it one day at a time means that I I believe that he's, he's worth it and the future that he has for me is worth it. And I just have to say yes. It's a perfect place to end. Well, I know that I'm going to have you on the show again. Because there's going to be so much that happens in between yes. this call and the day that the book's on the bookshelf and that's coming. What a joy. And we're going to get to talk about it more. And I'll be seeing you in the weekly calls. And anytime, of course, this is the the beauty for anyone listening, this is the beauty of having a, an ongoing coach. Uh, Holly can she can ask me questions about anything at any time. She's got like this open standing appointment with me every Monday. How does that feel to have that open standing appointment with somebody in the publishing world and in the writing world? The support is amazing. And like you said about being in the room with other writers, like I was at the conference, that I can do every Monday it's a blessing to know that I'm not alone in this journey because writing is such a solitary thing to know that there's other people who are doing the same thing. And there are there are so many people out there. Yeah. We, we are not alone, but we need to connect. And so to have that alongside a coach that's readily available when I need to ask questions, it's gold. It's gold. Yeah, I truly feel that. And isn't it amazing that even when you don't ask a question, when you watch other people get coached, it's like, oh, I would have asked that. I didn't ask it, but she asked it. So I'm just going to learn along with her. Yeah. That's so fabulous when that happens. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not the only one thinking that. That helps. So yeah. So Holly is going to get the incredible opportunity of as she's working with her agent and 
going through the process of shopping out her book proposal to publishers, any kind of thoughts might come up for Holly, you know, kind of like, is this ever going to happen? Or what do I do now? Or she, thoughts are going to come up. Well, she gets to bring them anytime she wants to me and I, I can coach her on Mondays. And also then after your book is published, when you're in the launch season and you're wondering, how do I give a good podcast interview? How do I give a good local TV interview? All those kind of things. How do I get speaking engagements? How do I pitch my book launch to, to places you're going to have me? It's just ongoing support. So I'm glad you joined when you did. And I'm so thankful that the Lord has seen you through over a mighty big hurdle. Yeah. It's not, it's not just downhill from here, but this was a mighty big hurdle. And and it's fabulous to have a literary agent. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you so much, Nika. I mean, you earned a spot in my acknowledgement page, the very first draft. Well, I really appreciate just how faithful you have been and how faithful you continue to be. I'm so blessed and I could not have done it without you. Thank you. That means so much to me. Thank you. Well, we look forward to, to all that's coming in the next season. God bless you, Holly. Thanks. Are you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? I love creating weekly lessons that will bring value and insight to you on your writing, publishing, and book marketing journey. When you listen to my podcast, you learn through your ears. But when you watch my YouTube channel, you learn through your eyes and your ears, making double the impact in half the time. See you over on YouTube.